to the Chris and Sam podcast. Pull up a bar stool and join us for a random conversation, guaranteed to make you think or your money back. Hey guys, welcome to the Chris and Sam podcast. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing good. This is a semi sort of special episode. It's a semi-special. Semi-special. I wouldn't get too carried away and call it full-on special. It's right. not It's not full retard. Right. right. Uh, this is a fill-in episode, so this won't have an episode number as such. But at times when we get ultra busy, uh, this is a podcast that we're going to pull out and publish for your this listening is a pleasure. up your sleeve podcast. Yes, because sometimes we get so busy, it's a bit of a mission to get it us organized to record something. Yeah, yeah. And we are busy. I mean, there's so much going on. I'd love to talk about that, but uh, probably not right now. No. So this is what we will now refer to as the Trev episode. The Trev episode. Yes. Tell us about Trev. So many years ago, I worked in a building supply place. It was pretty much my first job. Do we know which one? Uh, It doesn't exist anymore. How's that? Oh, wow. And um, You were that bad. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, they, they changed their name. And I used to work with a guy named Trev. And Trev was late 30s, I think. He was married, had a wife, no kids. He had no driver's license because he'd lost it from DUI. Um, and yeah, worked with him. He's a pretty hard case guy, pretty full on. And he lived in town and I lived in the WAPs, so if we had to go into town uh, for like drinks or something, I'd always crash in their spare room. That's sort of the dynamics of things here. Right, right. So that was so, pretty... So would you say you really you didn't really know him, know him that well, but, or you did? Uh, more of a workmate yeah, yeah. than just an outer workmate. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that was good. And when we went into town, he had a system in place for going into town. And right. <laughs> obviously, this is, I just went along with whatever because it wasn't affecting me, um, but it was a bit weird. So he would leave work early and then he would somehow get into town without a car and he'd go to the bank. He also didn't have a, um, he didn't have. FPOS. I know he didn't have a credit card and I don't think he had an FPOS card. Right. Because obviously he's not the type of person that you want to have an FPOS card which you'll find out in a minute. But he'd shoot off into town and he'd take $300 out of their mortgage account. So every time we went into town, he had like all this money with him. So that was pretty good. And um, (laughs) because it was drinks for everyone all the time. (laughs) What a friend. Good old Trev. Good old Trev. And he, um, yeah, we used to end up at a strip club a lot of the time. Uh, Alexandra's in Rotorua. If you've ever been there And um, Interesting story about that is The place Closed at 6 in the morning So it was the last place open So a lot of people used to go there to keep drinking Yeah, um, which same, is, same as Firecats here we, yeah, we, yeah. When we used to work at the pub yeah. And it was always the girls in the pub Like the barmaids in, yeah, our, in yeah. our pub Would be like, let's go to Firecats Because they were really keen I was older. I was like, I want to go to bed. Yeah. Um, yeah but I've yeah, we, we'd go over there. And, and I, it was never really cool for me because it was like um, the Tarapa Tavern where we were was a little bit rough. And we'd often have a bit of fighting at the end of the night and stuff. And I would be the person that would be helping throw people out and stuff. Yeah. So I'm all, I'm, and I'm sober. Well, 
had a Ish. couple of drinks after work, you know. But I'm like, I'm just waiting for it to kick off. I was on a high yeah. um, level. And so, yeah, so I never really enjoyed going to fire cats at, you know, four No, no, it's, morning, it's so. a bit interesting. So one of the girls at the strip club actually really liked my flatmate. Oh, is that what you called it? <laughs> what's that? She really liked my... No, flat no, no, my, my flat, no, no, my, no, no, that, the reason there was the pause is because my brother-in-law used to be my flatmate. Oh. So when we used to go in, this stripper would come straight over to him, hey, how's it going? Like, it was crazy. She, I don't know, had a thing for him. Nice. Which was fine. And then obviously I'm usually in town with Trev and a couple of times I had to stop him from fighting people because he'd get really drunk and he's really, really quick to be honest on his, um. I've seen him, you know, he used to play a game where he'd just annoy someone until they swung first and then he'd knock them out. Right. Yeah, as you do. He'd also randomly wander off for, let's say, an hour at the strip club uh, after paying for extra services. Right. Yeah, so you'd have to wait. Sometimes you'd just be waiting there forever for him to make an appearance again. Uh, He'd come back. And so it was all good, sort of, I guess. (laughs) No judgments. No, no judgments. judgments. And uh, one time we were going to go back to his place and uh, it turns out, hey, do you know what I like to do when, I, when I'm drunk? And I'm like, what? I like to run home. I was like, what? <laughs> he just ran off. <laughs> oh, nice. So he's run off and I'm wandering around the streets of Rotorua at four or five in the morning. Anyway, so we get to where all the houses are and stuff and um, I find him and he's trying to open a door and I say, what are you doing? And he says, I can't get in the house. I say, it's not your house. <laughs> That's why the door's not opening. The, the good old whoops, wrong house scenario. Yeah. So he's like, looks at his keys, looks at the house. Ah, oh, you're right. <laughs> um, oh, Trev's a winner. <laughs> yeah, oh, he is. Uh, so that was all good. And um, at one point, just to deviate from that story a little bit, uh, one time he went out and we were having a party at my house and Trev wasn't there, but he rung me up and he said, where are you? I said, I'm at home. He goes, I just won the pokies. I've just won $900. I need to spend it all by tomorrow before I go home. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> my wife cannot know that I have this money. So he turned up in a taxi with boxes and boxes of beer and cigarettes for everyone, like packets of cigarettes, like dishing them out. And he was like, everyone's like, who is this guy? And I was just Trev. He's the man. <laughs> Trev's the man. So back to going to his house. We're going back to his house and we finally get to his house and he falls over in this garden and he looks up at me and he goes, I can't make it inside. Just leave me here. Leave me. Leave me. Yeah. And he's rolling a smoke. <laughs> I'm all right. Just leave me here. Here's the key. And I was like, are you sure? Yeah. So I go inside, crash out on their spare bed. That's fine. And then I think I got woken up with him sort of supermanning onto the bed <laughs> like next <laughs> to me with just his undies on. I said, what are you doing? He goes, it's time to wake up. I said, where did you sleep? He goes, oh, after a couple of hours, I managed to make it inside the house. I passed out on the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> It's time for another Jimmy. So he starts pouring a Jim Beam at 
God knows what time of the morning it was, but we had work. <laughs> and so that was fine. I was really hungover, actually. And I didn't realize that I was the one opening up at work and was doing the cash and sorting everything out. So when I turned up to work, I was like a minute late, but all the staff were outside, um, all the customers were outside, and I'm hungover as going, oh. and it, And it was interesting because... Uh, all these people that I worked with, not one single person wanted to open up or close, but they'll get the 18-year-old guy to do the whole lot. So mm. that's what I had to do. And Trev didn't make it to work that day, so that was fine. Um, he was sick under the weather. Did you survive the day all right? Yeah, just. I've had shit yeah. days like that. No, it was yeah. pretty bad. Um, and that was good. And then I think work carried on for a couple more days. And then I remember I was working and uh, his wife came in and just started yelling at me. Where is he? Where is he? You must have taken him to the airport. I was like, what? Where is he? And she was like freaking out. And I said, look, I've been, I saw him that morning. I've been at work for these days. I don't know. I haven't been anywhere. She said, he's in Perth. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Win the pokies, go to Perth. No, he hadn't won, no, he hadn't won the pokies. He, I don't know what he'd done. Oh, that was the other story. Yeah, yeah. he just taken some money, I think. But his brother lives in Perth, and he'd, no. he'd, he'd made his way to Perth. So I think it was maybe oh, about a month before he turned up again. He came back into the country, and his wife took him back, and he's sitting at home, and the manager at work knew he was back. So the manager went around and went, Trev, can you come back to work? I know you've been away a month. Pretty much abandoned employment, but, you know. And Trev looks at him and goes, oh, then he says, can you come tomorrow? And he goes, nah, I'll be there in three days. <laughs> so he did. He just came back and started working like nothing had happened. It was bizarre. <laughs> the adventures of Trev. But he'd, um, because he had no credit card or uh, means of getting money, he'd withdrawn all this money. And he said to the rental car guy, look, I don't have a credit card to pay for this rental car to get to Auckland I'll give you $500 right now so he just gave the guy 500 bucks cash and then drove to Auckland and left the car there so that's how he did that and then one day he came in and he said I've done something really really bad <laughs> and I'm thinking <laughs> this is after the Perth trip or yeah 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 I've done something really really bad <laughs> I was like okay I'm trying to think what's he on about he goes you know how when we go into town I get that money out of the account I was like yeah he goes, well, I went out on the weekend, but I, instead of 300, I took three grand out. <laughs> and he'd been blotto. <laughs> he'd been basically living at the strip club for three days in their spa pool, paying for everything and everyone. And, uh, oh, man. Yeah. And for some reason, for some reason, I don't know why, it's hard to pin down, his wife finally kicked him out and said, we're over. And um, yeah, probably because their mortgage is bigger since she started paying it than when she's yeah <laughs> bigger now. So he ended up from all I know that he ended up in Auckland and uh, haven't seen him since or heard from him since. I so that was true. I, I'm going to put it out there that that might be a good thing. Possibly, yeah. I, I'm going to say you know that 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 could be a good thing uh, to to be travelers at yeah. this point. I know, it's a bit of, yeah. So anyway, that's Trev. That's Trev. That's your, that's your bonus fill-in episode. Well, have you, did you ever hear how I got to Spain? Did I ever tell you how I got to Spain? No. On no. a boat? Or fly? Oh, no, okay, go. 
<laughs> so um, you recall, I think I shared a couple of episodes ago at the time of recording. God knows when this will be actually put in there. Yeah. But um, about going to Ireland to turn the turf into bog. Yes. And um, so I went to Ireland. I um, upset went, the upset the concert. Yeah. 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 And then we went to. Um, County Galway. It was amazing, actually, County Galway. They had – this village was called Kilrecal, and there were two houses. There was a church, yep. a cemetery, a pub, and, and a house, grocery store. And two houses. A grocery store yeah. with a pub, with a bar in it. Yeah. So there's basically a bar for each house. Excellent. Really. <laughs> okay. But it was it was really rural, so it was it, – I was going, right, this is going to be the deadest hole ever – and then we'd work all day, really hard, and you go, right, let's go into the village and have a beer. And I'm like, okay, all right. We go in, and it's in jumping. There's yeah. all the people from all the farms around the place just all right. come in. Cool. And uh, yeah, so it was pretty cool. So it was it was really good. I drank so much Guinness. Unbelievable. I spent like, uh, I was there for a week. I spent 600 pounds on Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, oh, free bed and board, John. John was quite a big guy. He was a bit bigger than me, like a couple of inches taller. And yeah. Hefty. Yeah, yeah. He said, um, well, free food and, and bed and all you have to do is pay for your own booze. So yeah, like I said, 600 bucks on Guinness. Yeah. I didn't. Well, it's six hundred pounds. What I didn't know was that we were sharing a bed. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one spare room in the farmhouse and uh, one double bed, and I'm sharing it with John, which is probably why I got pissed every night. Cause it's the only way I'd sleep with him yeah. snoring. Anyway, so that's besides the point. How I got to Spain. So came back to um, the UK, and I had been living in a in, in the pub, living job for a, almost a year, and I'd quit to go over to Ireland and that. And so I'm coming back to the pub. Uh, John and I had bought a squat, so we bought the keys off some punk guy yeah. to a um, you know, derelict place. And um, so I, one of the Aussie girls came in, Aussie Anne we called her. Aussie uh, just, Anne. Yeah, just the um, you know, local. <laughs> she goes, oh, so tough this, I'm going to Europe tomorrow. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit, you can do that, can't you? Because mm. I hadn't really clicked. Yeah, you know, yeah, I'd been yeah, there yeah. for a year. And so, and so for those of you who are overseas that think this sounds weird, in New Zealand you just don't pop over to another country, particularly back in the early 90s. No. Uh, even Aussie was a long way away then. It was, well, it was a expensive flight to Australia back then. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, we can just pop over to Europe. Well, let's do that. So we made plans to go to meet at the subway nearby at 6 o'clock in the morning take our packs and, and go to the airport. So we jumped on a tube and we went down to Heathrow. And um, basically I went up to this uh, desk and I said, oh, uh, yeah, we're looking for two plane tickets. And he goes, well, where do you want to go? I'm like, uh, anywhere sunny with a beach. And he sort of looked at me a bit <laughs> odd. And then he went, he started rattling off these names. And the only one I thought I could pronounce was Malaga. So I go, oh, oh Malaga, yeah. uh, that's sunny, eh? And he goes, yes. It has a beach? Yes. <laughs> Two tickets in Malaga, please. So I got the tickets and I paid for it and I started walking off and I came running back and went, hang on, what country is Malaga in and can I get there with a New Zealand passport? Yeah. And he just looked at me and rolled his eyes and went, it's in Spain. <laughs> I'm like, 
cheers, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Which didn't go down well. No. And <laughs> then went and jumped into the plane and we took off. And that's how we headed off to um, Spain. It was funny too because I'm in the um, I'm in the plane and it's a Spanish plane. We're on a Spanish plane. And yeah. I'm going, oh, exit, salida. That means exit. I know that. And um, Anne says to me, oh, well, I want some water. What's water? I said, it's agua. She goes, how do you know that? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and I knew all these Spanish words. Like, it was ridiculous. And I was like, I've never done Spanish. I did French at school. I never done Spanish. All right. It was from fucking Sesame Street. I learned all the Spanish from Sesame Street and didn't even know I knew it. Oh, look at and that. Knew- <laughs> Sesame Street for the win. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. So anyway, so we um, got to uh, Malaga. We landed and we went, you know, we're not going to get a bus into town because the airport's like miles out of town. We'll just hitchhike because yep. we can. Yeah. Not really thinking very clearly about the fact that it's sort of 35 degrees centigrade at the time. And yep. we've got big packs on our pack. But we started walking. And uh, we put our thumb up, and this woman pulled up, and she goes, uh, a couple actually, but the woman's driving, and she says, oh, where are you guys off to? And we're like, uh, wherever, really. We just, we wouldn't even know, we didn't know where we were going this morning. We just jumped on a plane. She goes, oh, well, we're not going to Malaga. We're going to skirt it and go to Torremolinos. And I'd recently been going out with a girl who had an ashtray that had Torremolinos on it. And I was like, what the f- Hell is Torremolinos? And she goes, oh, this place in Spain. I'm like, yeah, I'll never go there. And I was so here I am. Two weeks later, I'm like, Excellent. yes, I'd like to go to Torremolinos. So we ended up in Torremolinos. Um, we spent three days going down the uh, Costa del Sol. Yeah. Um, it was pretty awesome. And at the bottom is the Rock of Gibraltar. And I was like, oh, we've got to go and see the Rock of Gibraltar before we go back. Um, and uh, Anne had never heard of that. Um, but it's definitely something you've got to see if you get a chance to go out that, that way. So we go down, um, and Spain is an interesting place. The guards are, uh, the s- s- police, I should say, are armed. Yeah. Um, they have the, um, I've forgotten what the Border Patrol is called, but they are armed with submachine guns and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So we're sitting on the beach down in uh, La Línea de la Concepción, which is the um, town at the, it's it, it's the beginning of the line, or the line of the beginning. It's the southernmost border oh, okay. yeah, of, yeah. Of, of Spain. And uh, it's a pretty dodgy sort of place. Uh, a lot of um, heroin use and AIDS and all that sort of stuff down there. Yeah. So um, we're sitting there on the beach one day, and there's these jet boats zipping back and forth out, in this, out at sea and stuff. And uh, we're sitting there, and it was like looking at the I said, look at that. And we looked up, and there's this jet boat, like, whizzing in, like, at full throttle. And the beach is empty, like, because it's really just the two of us there. Yeah. And, you know, and this boat comes at full throttle, and then, and the bow dips as it sort of breaks or reverses and stops just offshore. And these kids appear from nowhere, like um, 30 kids. (laughs) <laughs> they're about 10 years to about 14 years old. Yeah. And they're all running out, and these guys are hiffing big boxes off the boat, and these kids are putting the boxes on their heads and running um, off the beach. And we're looking at this, and we're, you know, we're sitting there on towels going, what the hell? And then um, the boat's just like pulling back and zips off, and all the kids have disappeared. And then yeah. there's 
the the um the guardia that's who they are the voter guys they come running down with these submachine guns yelling and screaming and me and Anne look at each other just lie back down and go no 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 didn't see anything didn't <laughs> yeah, see yeah. anything at all what there was turns out it was cigarettes oh. they they smuggle cigarettes from Gibraltar to Europe and um so Gibraltar had the um Population at that time, I think, of about 30,000 people. Yeah. So it's six miles long to four miles wide at the thickest sort of thing. Um, and it's 30,000 people living on there. It was the biggest importer of Winston cigarettes outside of the U.S. It's the, Whoa. the biggest of, of every country in the world. Yeah, they weren't just smoking that stuff. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so, yeah, so that was our uh, introduction to um, – to Spain, really. Um, although the scariest thing that ever happened to me happened to me there too. We hadn't been there. I think we stayed there about ten days, and um, one day we'd, we'd sort of got into this routine. I'd go to the beach, and well, we'd go to the beach. And Anne says to me, "Oh, I'm going to go um, get changed, and I'll meet you at the bar." There was a bar called Casablanca. It was a real druggy bar. Um, we realised later. I didn't really realise it because we yeah. hadn't been there long enough. But you know. Um, so she goes, I'll see you at Casablanca, which is just white house, you know, it's a white painted house. Um, so, oh, okay, cool. So I stayed there quite a while and go you know, to the beach, perving, whatever. Then I, uh, went and got changed, went back to the bar and she's on the other bar stool at the bar, pretty pissed. Like she's oh, yeah, pretty, yeah. she's been drinking for like three hours and, you know, I'm like, okay. So I get in there, I'm, I'm sober as. And this is back in the days when I was quite fit and, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. 22. I got my black, had my black belt for a couple of years. I'd done a lot of fighting. I was pretty comfortable with that sort of thing. Yeah. So anyway, this guy comes up and he was pissed. And he, like, and actually he was on something as well. I don't know what it was. Like, um, it probably, it could have been LSD, probably some cocaine thrown in there. Maybe yeah, some other yeah. stuff, right? All the good stuff. Yeah, but he was also pissed because you just smell the booze on him. And he comes over and starts talking to me in this sort of broken English, and I could hardly understand it. And he starts saying this and starts saying that. And I was sort of like a bit, fuck off, sort of give him that sort of look. Give him you know, the vibe. Like, give him the vibe, like uh, get lost. And then he goes, but he's trying to be friendly. He goes, I got a da-da-da-da-da-da, what you call this? And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he grabs my hand by the wrist and mm. he puts it down on his hip. Oh, yeah. And there's this big, lumpy shape, metal thing. And I was like, he's got a hip brace? Like, he's got a <laughs> broken back and a hip brace? Uh, what the hell? Yeah. And um, and that's when he pulled the gun out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. pointed it at me. At and my you're like, stomach. oh. And I was like, oh, that's what it is. So there was, I froze a little bit, and not from the reason you'd think. Um, so I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to block with my right hand, step to my left, um, and take, yeah. put him in a wrist lock and take the gun off him. And the only thing that made me hesitate, which was stupid, was I didn't know where the barmaid was behind me, and I didn't want her to get shot. Yeah, yeah. So I went, I sort of started to move. He was looking me in the eyes, so he saw my hesitation, and he moved the gun from being um, vertical in front of me. Yeah. And put it upside down between the legs of my friend at the bar on the bar stool. And said, "Now what are you going to do?" Yeah. So the gun's resting oh. upside down yeah, on yeah. the um, on the bar stool between her legs. I have never seen anyone sober up so quick. 
<laughs> like seriously, she yeah, went, she went white, and I'm like, I ain't gonna do anything, but you're not getting any money off me. Yeah. I ain't giving you any money. I haven't got any, and if I did have any, I'm not gonna give it to you. So whatever, and um, I just called his bluff for a while, which is a lot easier when it's pointing at the guns pointing at someone else. Yeah, I guess yeah, I, I guess, don't know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so he finally put in his thing, his pocket his holster or whatever. Oh, so he put it away. Wandered off. And oh. we left. I got outside like sh- adrenaline coursing, like you have no idea. And I'm like, I'm going to go back in there. I'm going to kill him. You know, like, and, and that's just the adrenaline, you yeah. know, like r- r- in, the, in the system. And she's like freaking out. She's grabbing, you're not going over there or anything like that. Um, I didn't realize till later that there was an army um, base nearby. Oh, okay. And in Spain, they still had conscription. Yep. So when you're 18, unless you have a certain level of academic attainment, you have to go in the military. Yeah. There's no choice. So there's good and bad about that, obviously. Everyone's good thing, got a gun. <laughs> good thing is everybody knows how to use a gun. Yep. Bad thing is everyone knows how to use a gun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, so uh, I it did freak me out a little bit because I felt comfortable that I could have handled the situation yeah. Um, being that close. But if he was five feet away, there's nothing I could do. Mm. So I thought about buying a gun. I went to a few um, – oh, because you could just buy them. Oh, yeah, as he did. I went to a pawn shop and I looked at a few things. I ended up buying a throwing knife. Oh, yeah. It's actually in the white box behind you down there. Excellent. Um, look, look forward to seeing that throwing knife. <laughs> you've seen it because we used it in the movie. Oh, yes. Yep. Yes. Yeah, okay. But, yeah. I wonder um, where that came from. Yeah, I bought it there because I was like, I'm going to learn to do this in case somebody throws points a gun at me again and they're out of, out of my reach. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, never learned, never learned to throw the knife. I could throw the knife. It just won't stick in anything. Yeah, yeah. There's a trick for this. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's my um, – Oh, very good. That's sort of my um, – oh, I did want to say one thing about um, living there. Yeah. Because I ended – it ended up, we went over there and, and Anne says, oh, I'm only going to stay, I'm going to stay here forever and ever. And I said, oh, I'm here for two weeks and then I'm going back. After two weeks, she went back and I stayed. <laughs> and um, yeah, I ended up flatting with a guy. We we had a house, rented a house there, yeah. a little tiny thing. And it was pretty screwed up the way they build these things. And it really is like the movies. You've all the houses in a row and you could run along the roofs, yeah, which yeah. is your gardens of everybody if you wanted to. And there's a um, sort of a, an open area in the middle that you walk up the stairs to go. Oh, yeah, 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 thing. yeah. But, and we had a kitchen out there and we, we had a couple of um, stools out there and stuff. And at night, there was just so many cockroaches. I'd never seen yeah. such big cockroaches. Well, until I lived here, actually. But, um, yeah, they've got these big cockroaches. And so we used to do a few crazy things, being a little bit drunk and or potentially stoned. Yeah. Um, and one of those things was to turn the lights off so the cockroaches all came out of this drain. Yeah. And then we'd turn it on and we'd be, we had a um, lighter fluid firing it at them, throw a match down and turn the lights off again. And you've got these burning cockroaches running up the walls. It was, it was psychedelic, man. It was <laughs> awesome. It was amazing. It did smell a little bit barbecuey, but, you know. A bit barbecuey, yeah. It was good. Good times. Yeah, excellent. And, and there you can buy um, spirits, like Pam's spirits at the supermarket. Yeah. You know, low-cost, plain-labeled spirits. Oh, good we, fun for all. Yeah. When you're in Spain. I loved Spain. <sighs> so there we go. That was the fill-in episode. The fill-in episode. Trev and Spain. <laughs> Trev and Spain. Yeah. Not together, <laughs> but 
You'll know that once you've listened to this. All right. So, um, yeah, well, keep listening to the podcast. Um, we will have plenty more we'll have information a normal, stuff for yeah, you. Yeah, we'll have up. a normal uh, planned episode after this one. Yes. All right. Okay. Until then. See bye. ya. Hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to subscribe and we'll catch you next week. Don't forget to tell your friends.